As entrepreneurs, we see the world differently. In a world that not only tolerates but promotes mediocrity, we unreasonably demand more. Giving you access to the world's most successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders, this podcast uncovers the untold truths of what it really takes to build a multi-million dollar business while optimizing your personal performance in every area of your life. I'm Jack DeLosa. Let's get to work. Christina Carlson, the founder of global Swedish design and stationery business Kiki K, with 102 Kiki K stores, stocked in another 250 and sold online to stationery and design lovers in over 147 countries worldwide. Christina is also a sought after international speaker, passionate learner, self improver, mother of two children, Axel the entrepreneur, and Tiffany the rock star with her partner Paul. As I said, Christina has brought us a brand. Uh, that is near and dear to all of our hearts, Kiki K, an inspiring brand that truly stands for the dreamer and enables people to take their dreams and make them happen. We were just talking about Christina's current dream, which is to sell a million copies of her book, which we'll talk about in a moment, and to empower over 101 million people just like you to write their own dreams down on paper and set about bringing them to life. Christina, thank you so much for joining that us. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. I, I feel like I should hang with you more. <laughs> <laughs> you should hang with me more. I feel like I've been a fan forever. Mm, thank you. Because I'm a journaler. I'm in, hugely into personal development. I'm hugely into diaries. Pretty much everything you are and stand for and have brought to the world, I adore. So thank you for everything you've done. Thank you so much and thank you for your support and thank you for all that you are bringing out to the world because I'm always inspired by your early mornings and all those kind of things that are inspiring for me. So thank you and and thanks for having me. Thank you very much for being here. You're also an early riser, I understand it. Talk to us about what does your daily routine look like these days? Obviously you're an incredibly busy entrepreneur but mindfulness and self-care is also at the heart of everything you do. First, I try not to use the word busy because busy sometimes gets us into busy state of mind. So I try not to use that. However, I sometimes do that as well, but I try (laughs) not to use it. So um, um, I fill my day with stuff that inspires me, but sometimes of course, as entrepreneurs, we have to do things that we don't like as much. Um, So that's of course part of my life as well. But um, my routine starts Ideally at 5 a.m., so joining the 5 a.m. club. Um, but saying that, I'm certainly not perfect. So there are days that it is not happening, and you know I travel a lot, so there's jet lags, and there are um, other things and family things. And if I don't sleep, I prioritize sleep. So yeah. ideally 5 a.m., and I call that my holy hour because it's so holy mm. for me, so inspiring. So uh, what I do is I get up and I um, do three pages of journaling mm. in terms of a, a, a notebook that I ne- actually do not keep. So I have an, um, more of a um, not so exclusive Kiki K notebook. And uh, I, uh, I, I, um, I do three pages of downloading thoughts and ideas and whatever it is that I have. And it's based on a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. It's a very old book uh, and I'm not sure if I'm doing it right, but basically I'm just whatever comes to mind, I write. And then after I've done that, I actually throw it away. Um, so uh, being a Swedish person, I often sit in front of the um, fireplace because mm. I am always cold. So I often just burn it or I shred it or I just throw it, whatever, whatever is handy at the time. But the reason why I'm doing that is because often there are things in my head um, that I want to get out of my head and out of my body that are, you know, sometimes, you know, 
things I'm grappling with, issues, problems, whatever it is. But sometimes they're just really thoughts that have been going on for a long time and to get them out of my body and then not seeing them again. And I, I throw them away because I don't want to read it again because I think I censor my writing if I read it again. But after that, I also do normal journaling. Um, so I have a better journal. Uh, I call it my life journal because it's really my life in there. And I, I uh, journal about gratitude. I journal about um, ideas, my goals. I rewrite my goals and dreams often and whatever quotes or whatever it's, um, I'm learning at the time. So I do that and then I often read or do a podcast or um, be inspired and then I finish with meditation. So that's my holy hour. Between six and seven I exercise. And that could be a walk, that could be a class, could be a gym, whatever it is. Um, uh, but by the time I'm home at seven, the kids are up and it's all about getting them to school and that. Um, is part of my life and then after that I do 90 minutes of my number one priority working trying to be completely focused on that doesn't mm -hmm. doesn't happen all the time mm -hmm. but I try never have a meeting early mm -hmm. so between nine and so that's kind of my morning routine um, as I said I'm not perfect so it doesn't always happen but that's ideally what I like to start the, the day with I am so fascinated by you and your story there's a real wisdom to you and, and, and how you live life and, and how you do business and, and that flows so beautifully through the brand that you've created. Take us back to your childhood. Like how did Christina Carlson become Christina Carlson? So I grew up in Sweden uh, in a very um, lovely family um, farm um, and a very um, nice upbringing. Yeah. The only thing that I felt missing in my life was trouble because they had a farm, so they worked 24 seven. Trouble or travel? Travel. Travel, yeah. right. No, there was yeah, a lot of trouble. You, yeah, I was good, always in trouble. Good, good. <laughs> Me too. No, travel, excuse my Swedish no, accent. Great. Uh, so as an early, as a, as a person who didn't travel a lot, that was something I really wanted to see. And you know, living in a farm, it was, and this is before internet, of course. Mm. Um, so uh, um, I really was curious about the world outside of the farm. So as an, I, I started selling like Christmas books to make money. I worked in a little supermarket to make some money. And then I worked in a restaurant business uh, for you know my whole school. I, I worked every single weekend, every school holiday since I can remember. Mm. So I, I did that because I was curious about life outside of the farm, but also to make money so I could travel. So that kind of was my upbringing. And then um, I, um, I, after I finished school and I, I, I lived in the US for a year, I, I studied and worked in Germany. And then I did a ski season in, in Austria. And that's where I met my partner, Paul. And then I moved to Australia. And that's why I ended up here mm. as a 22 year old. I'm making the assumption that at some point you got into personal development and mindset just by virtue of the questions that are asked in your products. It's, you know, I've, I've studied personal development since the age of about eight. My mum was a TAFE trainer. She was in a trainer, yeah. in, uh, an organisation that my dad was managing director of. Uh, she was teaching sort of kids in need and yeah. was in psychology and NLP and personal development. And so I grew up in that world and I, and I see all of that shine through in your products. At what point, and again, this is an assumption, so tell me if I'm wrong, but at what point in your life did you start to get into self-development? So I, I think around the time when I came to Australia as a 22-year-old, I was kind of a bit lost. Uh, you know, it was a big deal to move to another country before internet where you were not connected the same way. You mm. know, this is when faxes started and, you know, obviously internet came 
about. But mm. uh, but you know, I spent all my um, money on phone bills, which was so expensive back in the day, and then also um, um, uh, travel home and. Um, and I was, I was kind of, I, I call it my like, um, you know, early mid crisis life. Um, what do you call it? I'm going to take that back. I An had like a mid twenties, you know, mid twenties crisis. Not, when I say crisis, not a bad one, but yeah. um, and I, I believe good, you know, good, good things come out of crisis. When yeah. I say crisis, it's very mild and not really, you know, it's not nothing like depression or anything like that. Just to yeah. clarify that. Yeah. But I was really searching for um, what I was going to do in my life. Uh, you know, I, I traveled most of my um, between finishing school and um, coming to Australia. So I was kind of ready to do something more than just travel. And um, and I was kind of searching. So that's really when I started reading a lot, going to a lot of seeing a lot of, um, you know, personal development pe pe mm. people speak and mm. also uh, reading a lot of books. Um, but it wasn't really until in terms of the Kiki K way, because in the beginning we started with products for the home office to be more productive and more organized. Mm. And then as I evolved as a person, I started to, to um, um, really sharing ideas because I was reading so much and then I was like, I'm sure there's more people than me needing to hear this. And um, and then I started to share. So our purpose at Kiki K is to inspire people to live their best life um, every day. And we do that by under four words, and that's dreaming, because I believe that everything starts with dreaming. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. And then it's do, um, and because you can dream as long as you, as you, as much as you like, but doing is what's going to make your dreams come true. Mm. And I know that you agree with that. Mm. And then um, the third word um, is enjoy, and that is about mm. re, re um, charge your energy to make sure you can do all the great things, but you know, really looking after yourself and enjoy mm. life and enjoy every day. Because sometimes we set such a big um, goals that mm. we forget about every day. So that's the third word. And the, the last one is share. And um, and I really always feel like as soon as I read about a book or see something, you know, I always want to share. So I do that through the Kiki K community. Um, and that's how it kind of came about. And then I just started to work with different authors, redesigning their cover. And then um, and that's how it's kind of got built into the, um, the Kiki K products. One thing I've always wanted to ask you, and whether it was over coffee or lunch, I'm glad we're actually having this discussion in front of a camera because it, it will make for a more authentic conversation. But like, do you realize the level of impact that you've had? Because again, having been brought up in um, you know uh, psychology and NLP and personal development, all that sort of stuff, you know, I've seen a lot of lot of speakers do their thing, and they might speak to three or four thousand people at a time, and over a year they might speak to 50,000 people. But with your products, what it does is it puts the tools and the questions in people's hands at scale and makes a really large impact. Do you ever sort of stop to realise that? Yes, <laughs> I do. But I, I feel like there's always more that can be done. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually set, uh, we, we've been talking a lot um, about that. Obviously, uh, my business partner, my partner in life is, is Paul. So mm. we've been talking a lot, but also um, in the in the business, um, how we can make an impact. And um, and um, our new big crazy dream at Kiki K is to inspire 101 million people um, to write down three dreams and make them happen. And the reason why I want to do that is because I feel um, 
my Kiki K dream started with just writing down. So Paul encouraged me at 3 a.m. one morning to write down what was important to me. And that was my kind of first dreaming on paper. And based on that, I created Kiki K. And that wasn't on the list, but it was kind of, it was to have my own business. And then it mm. kind of came out of that list. Mm. So I think it's so powerful to dream. And, um, and uh, as has created, you know, making that dream coming true, I now want to to share that that's part of our purpose. And mm. um, so I, I kind of do, but uh, you know, we're a long way from inspiring yeah, 101 forward. million people to write down three dreams, but we obviously, we are reaching millions of people every year mm. with our products and um, through our stores online and also um, through products, obviously. So I am, but, um, I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, actually, uh, our community manager has a suite of Kiki K products and she'd love for you to sign one today before oh, you leave, course, if that's course, okay. Mariah, we'll get that done for Mariah. <laughs> She's in the background waving yeah, and cheering. Okay. <laughs> of course, thank you. It's very, you know, I feel very humble and it's kind of, um, I, I feel um, sometimes a little bit weird signing products because I feel like, you know, why would I do that? But I'm very, very grateful that yeah, um, yeah. people want And it's, it's a great example of what we're just talking about. I mean, I can remember back in 2000 and probably it was like 2011, 2012, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd been running businesses that probably weren't completely congruent with the, my humanity. You know, I was running a business called MBE, helping companies raise money from investors. Mm -hmm. Great business, great thing to do, very successful, but it didn't light me up. And so when I started Entourage in 2010, I needed to come back to heart. And I remember, I'm only, I'm literally just remembering this now as we're talking about Mariah. I had, I can't even remember what it was, but it was a Kiki K journal where you were able to write down your goals and then what, what the outcome was and the three steps you're gonna take to get it and yep. put a date on it and, Gold you know, and yep. the goals journal, that's mm -hmm. exactly what it was, yeah. Um, that was hugely influential for me, you oh, know, along my journey. It's, it's a really powerful thing that you've done. Thank you, thank you. The other thing I'm fascinated about your story is the, the brand essence that you've been able to capture. And I do think this is one thing that um, some entrepreneurs can do really well, as opposed to a large multinational corporation that you know, doesn't necessarily have a soul or a heartbeat at the center of it. Um, I think that as entrepreneurs, a big opportunity we have is to have some of our personality and some of our magic and humanity flow through the brand. Mm -hmm. Now that's an easy thing to say, it's a hard thing to execute on and it's a particularly hard thing to scale to the level that you have. How important was that flow through into your brand and how have you managed to build it in such a way that's so congruent with who you are? Well, um, let's start with when you start a brand and you know this is before Instagram and Facebook and all those mm. kind of things. Mm. So, so there was not a lot of options in terms of of you know scaling fast mm. so for for me it was like basically what i did and this is so simple but i think it still would work today is that i that i created a range of products and then i went to see all the editors and their you know influencers in the magazine print magazine at the time and i kind of just showed them and say hey this is what I cre i'm creating what do you think and they kind of felt like they were part of it versus just me saying hey this is how good how good we are it was mm. more about saying you know this is what i have uh, what do you think what can i improve on you know um really taking they were kind of taking me under their wings uh, in some ways and of course then we went to to i got into all the magazines and and another thing that we did and, th and this is why i often love you know working with entrepreneurs and 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 startups is because you 
when you don't have money, you have to think creative, yeah. creatively, and um, and I think we just we just did, and you know I didn't want you know English was my sec- still is my second language, um, I should say that, <laughs> um, but back then it was I was super shy, and you know going to you know you I kind of saw you know the. Um, the devil wears Prada kind of mentality for editors, but of course they're humans as well. Yeah. Um, but that's what kind of, I had fear going in there. You know, I flew up to Sydney with my, you know, I had a massive bag with full of Kiki Cake boxes and things. And it was like, oh, do they really want to see me? But it was a really good exercise. And obviously I got in there and then um, um, we started to entering awards because um, um, people were interested, especially for a female young person, it was a lot of interest in that. And then I won a few awards and, and, and you know, got more publicity. So that's kind how we started um, started the brand and and you know it's funny because I never really wanted to be well known it was mm. I did it only because of the brand but I never actually I'm an introvert so I actually mm. never wanted to to be well known so I kind of always fought with it not fought that's not the right word but you know I was always the marketing saying hey can we do this but I'm like oh, I don't really want to be part of that because I don't really want to be well known so that was always a bit of a bit of a uh, internal thing that I always had to work with myself, but also with the team to try to do something that was great for the brand. And then um, once I had kids, I felt like even more, I didn't want to do it. But then when Instagram and everything started, I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. (laughs) So I kind of just opened last year, uh, like an official, I always been on Instagram because I love visual photos and very, but I always been private and I never wanted to share my life, but now I'm doing it. So um, I'm very behind, like, you know, it's funny because my um, little Axel always saying you need to be more you do need more stories, you need to do more posts. And so I'm getting there, but it's taking me a little while to, to get that. I speak on behalf of all of us when I say uh, we want more of it. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. So that, that's a little bit about, um, you know, how you got traction with the brand in the beginning. In terms of really defining the brand values, and you even spoke to, to, to four principles earlier, dream, mm-hmm. do, enjoy, share. How, how have you, and I imagine this would have been a fight along the way, how have you defended and protected the integrity of the brand ideals so that the brand hasn't become diluted and looks like, you know, every other stationery shop? Yeah, so I think, I mean, f- you know, since I started, um, and, you know, obviously it's, it's, um, I have a, an amazing team, um, so this is not just me, but we have always felt that, you know, the Swedish design philosophy has always been really um, important. So, you know, that's been harder for other people, even though they can design similar to us. It's kind of, we have the authentic authenticity yeah. in terms of being Swedish design. But I do think that, um, that, um, what we do differently to, and that's what I was going to say before as well, is um, I never really looked at what other people were doing because we have copycats. We have had that since day one. Um, and if you if you put, when you're small, you don't have time for that. So I always like, if someone copies, like, let's just get rid of that product and just do something else. And I felt like our ideas was never the problem, was more how, how much time do we have to do it all? So um, I always uh, tried not to look at And of course, sometimes we had to send legal letters when it was like so, so close. It's mm. like, I hardly could see the difference myself. Mm. Um, so um, so I, I didn't completely ignore it, but I never really worried about it because I'm thinking if that's that's always going to be, and we can put all the effort in and energy into that, and that's a negative energy, and I don't really want to be around negative energy. So I always focus on moving forward and to change, and you know, in always looked at the competition as being 
um, something that will change us. So if they're doing that now, let's do something different. And I feel like our our brand can do anything, uh, which mm. is quite exciting. And I also think that um, you know ha- having um, you know the Kiki K story behind us, and and you know me really living and breathing um, um, the brand. Um, no one can do that. Yeah. Um, you know you can say that you do it, but you know what you know what I do is you know that's that's yeah, authentic. Who you are. Yeah. 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 A, a really uh, sort of obvious way that brand manifests itself is through the products that you guys create. I'm interested to talk to you about the the product creation process from kind of ideation through to what products do we select and do we shelve and what products and then and then how do we actually develop it and put it in store. Um, how does the product conception come about? Is that you going, I think people are going to need this or I think there's an opportunity in the market or is there a team that does that these days? So. Um uh, I until just maybe two weeks ago, I was a creative director. We just have someone now um, filling that role, so I can focus on uh, inspire 101 million people yep. to to write down three dreams and yep. chase them. Uh, but saying that, I'm still like I love product and I love uh, you know especially the content um, mm. of the product. So mm. I'm still going to be very much part of that, and yeah. I'm going to work hand in hand with um, the person that we just employed. Uh, and you know, it's always been a teamwork. It's not just absolutely not just me, but a lot of the content comes from what I'm reading and what I'm into. So yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm a you know self development. Um, I don't know freak mm. um, or a lover, mm. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's a fine line sometimes. Uh, yeah, and uh, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say an attic. Uh, yeah. Well, but, um, so yeah, it's a fine line between all those. But um, I, I, I often get interested in something, you know, like a few years ago, I was like, I read the, uh, I can't think of the name now, but the power of habits or something, Charles. Yep. Yeah. Yep, so I read that habit. and then I got obsessed with changing habits. I'm thinking if I change one, you know, what else can I change? And, you know, when you change a keystone habit, I think he calls it, like there's a lot of other habits that change because of that. You know, if you go to sleep earlier, then you get up, exercise more, and then you, because you exercise, you eat better, you know, that wheel. And um, I always felt like I wanted to share that. So that's part of our purpose, to share. And um, so a lot of the products just comes whatever I'm into. You know, I might see someone speak and I'm like, that's so interesting. And, you know, obviously now I have my own podcast so I can get them on there. So it's kind of a sharing um, philosophy. So that's really a lot part of their product development. But then, of course, it's the aesthetic. So being in Sweden, I live in Sweden uh, for three months every year. So I escaped the Melbourne winter. And um, foodie, I say that too, but not everyone loves to hear that. So maybe I should take that out. <laughs> but I basically, um, we take the whole family. We have a home in Sweden, so we basically move there. And when I am there, I live and breathe the Swedish um, culture. And, you know, I spend a lot of time in nature. I, uh, I walk and most of my product ideas comes when I'm walking and, mm. you know, in silence. And, um, mm. and of course, then I'm influenced by, you know, the, you know, the colors of fashion and things around me in Sweden and the design as well. So. Mm. So it's a combination. And then, of course, I have an incredible team that is contributing as well. So mm, it's a real mm. mixed match of lots of amazing things. And it's like it's like a um, Christmas every day mm. at the design office. It's fascinating to hear you say that because a belief that I've always had that I don't know if I've ever actually said out loud is I find that when we do things, whether it's a product or a campaign or, a, or you know, sometimes we create journals and stuff, if, if we create it from a place of truth, you know, meaning you, you're reading a book, The Power of Habit, you, you're genuinely inspired in that moment, yeah. you genuinely want to share it, there's a genuine intent there. Yeah. Um, 
I reckon that plays a really large part in underpinning the commercial success of a product. Yeah. In a, in a, it's obviously that's a very spiritual view. Do you have a view around that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I think. I mean, I think you have to you have to like burn for your products, and you have to love mm. it. And and you know, I. Um, the, I, I, I used to sign off every product. I don't just do everyone now, but you know, or everyone, everything now. But um, I will only do what I think is really um, will add to to people's lives, mm. and um, you know, really love it, design-wise, mm. but also function. And um, you know, it's been so. It's been such a amazing, inspiring journey. So, for example, when it was financial, well, when financial crisis started, um, you know, or when around two thousand and eight, you know, it was really, you know, it was really. Um, every newspaper, every everyone you spoke to was really negative. Mm. So um, I read the Happiness Project mm -hmm. by Gretchen Rubin, and I just felt like this is such a fresh of positive thinking, happiness, and so then I was like, I'm sure there's more people than me who needs this right now. So I contacted her. I love the book so much, but I, I felt that when we bought books from other authors in or from other designs often got to the bottom of the the shelf. So at the bottom, they don't sell as well. So the books never did really well. Mm. And then I was thinking, how can we do this? this? And um, so I, I called her and said, hey, can we redesign your book? So it's exactly the same on the inside. So it's her book, mm. but it's a Kiki K limited edition cover. Mm. And we've done that with so many, we've done that with Ariana Huffington and we've done it with lots of different people now. And um, and that was just a different way of thinking. And you know, there's some a product that I stand for, and you know, as, as a as a brand we stand for. Uh, I think that's absolutely vital. And and I love that we have our own brand, so we can do whatever we want. Like mm. you know, um, we just did um, over Christmas, we just did a uh, collaboration with um, Ren Skincare, which is a UK. Um, non-toxic skincare brand, which Ren means clean in Swedish. So mm. I was like, that makes complete sense. And we made their beautiful holiday boxes. So, so exciting that we can do whatever we want. Mm. So you read uh, The Power of Habit or The Happiness Book, and, and, and there's a moment of authentic inspiration. What is the, um, not in the case where you're taking a book and, and, and sort of having it as a limited edition kiki, but actually turning it into a product that you guys are gonna ship. What does that process involve and how long will that take? So from store, from, from concept, uh, like starting design into store is roughly about six months, sometimes right. nine months, depends on what the products are. Yep. But I work a year ahead um, in terms of trends and ideas and thoughts. Um, but you know, I never stop. So, like, I have ideas every day, and and um, it's kind of I, I you know I write about it, think about it, and you know I might see something um, you know on the plane tonight that's a nice colour. I'll be like, oh, maybe that works with that colour that I saw you know two years ago. You know, I you know that's how I, I work, and we put it. Then I put it to um, the person who I work with, and then she puts it all together in a beautiful vision board, and then we brief the designer that way, and then yeah. the content. You know, we might it might be. Um, you know, um, New Year's, we might do a New Year's little booklet, or it might be Valentine, we might do a love book, or we might do, um, you know, um, I'm just trying to think what we're doing. So we just did, um, we're just doing a collaboration with uh, t Dr. Terry Trent, and she's the one that I'm writing. Uh, um, I am giving, a, or we are giving a US dollar per book sold um, to, to support her foundation. Mm. Um, so we're doing a range with her, so um, the proceeds will, some of the proceeds will go to um, to her um, mm. foundation. So it's, um, it's just, it's, it could be so many different ways of doing it, mm. and that's mm. what makes it so exciting. 
If you look at what have been your most successful products of, over the years, is there a certain pattern that flows through? Like, are there certain principles that you now know when you're onto something that's going to be incredibly popular? No, by the time by the time you um, do that, it's kind of old. So you kind of so so obviously there are you know we like diaries for example. We've done that since we started, and yeah. um, and that's always evolving and changing. So. So yes, there are some formulas that always works, and you redo, re- redo them. But you always try to improve them, and you mm. know how can we make them better, and um, uh, you know never try to do the same thing, but you know improve it. So off, absolutely, there are some patterns, uh, mm. but then it's also sometimes like let's just try something new and different. Mm, mm. So um, you you always want to challenge yourself and do something new and um, and make sure that you're relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's not any. This it sounds very easy, but it's not that easy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> particularly. You started in 2001, right? So mm-hmm. it's been 18 years yeah. you've, you've been at this. Um, That's retail and a couple of, couple of years before that, so I'm getting old now. <laughs> you are so not. Wiser, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that we can agree on. <laughs> Don't know about that. The other thing you do well is community. Mm-hmm. How have you built community within and around Kiki K so that the Mariahs and the Jacks of the world, you know, are, are in love with the brand and stay engaged. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's uh, wisdom. That's wisdom. You know, thank you for saying that. I don't think we're doing a, a great job yet. I think we, there's lots of improvement to do that. But saying that, um, you know, we do workshops in our stores yeah. and I think that community is really strong and, um, and um, something that I feel like we can build much more on. So that started by... Um, us uh, back in the day really focusing on organizing and people used to come into our stores because we used to have be so organized and uh, hopefully still are but in terms of you know the the um, uh, storage boxes and people came in to be really organizing their spaces or their offices and then um, you know we we worked with a professional organizer and she started to you know teach um, our um, people you know it was our principles and her principles and we combined them and we we um, created workshops and now we do our completely our own Kiki K workshops and we do anything from setting goals to being mindful happiness um, workshops um, dream workshops um, even the you know the dream do enjoy and share is mm. one so so those communities are incredible because once you get people involved in that they feel like they belong to something that is giving them um, obviously something that they can learn from but also mm. then they meet people who are like-minded so it's become a really beautiful community mm. but I feel like we there's so much more we can do with that and um, something we're working on now and then in terms of getting the Kiki K lovers you know it's funny how we have so many of them and um, and it's hard to explain but I think you are either you know a stationary lover and you love you know you love the design or the or the function of the product so it's um it's been um it's been a really fun but I feel like again you know there's so much we can do and I think that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur like there is you can you never stop learning and there's always change and obviously today it's changed more than ever and I'm super excited of um, of um, doing more on that online to kind of reach um, a wider audience. We sell to 147 countries now, which kind of blows wow. my mind every time I think about that, considering yeah. I started in a non-online you know, non fashion. So mm. it's been a fascinating journey. What are the core sort of brand ideals you want uh, people to think of or to, to exist in the hearts and minds of your customers? So our purpose is to inspire people to um, live their best life every single day. Um, And I feel like life is too short to not live your best life. And when I say 
your best life or I call it dream life because I really, I love to talk a little bit about dreaming if we've got time mm. because I think it's so powerful. And when you look at, um, you know, my dream is to leave to I'm 120. Um, um, so let's see how we, if we can do that. <laughs> but um, even if you get to live a long life like that, life is pretty short. And every day when I wake up, I'm thinking I need to make most of this day. And um, I feel like if we can inspire people to think differently or do something that they really love, um, why not? And, um, you know, doing that through our stores, but also through our products. And um, I feel like if we can inspire people to live their best life, that is something that I could to look back on and say we we, we we had a little part of that. And by people living their best life, um, the world would be a better place in a small way. You say you'd love to talk about dreaming. Yes. I would love to talk to Christina Carlson mm, about dreaming. It's my favorite product, uh, favorite topic. So I think, um, so obviously you don't have just entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs are often dreamers. But I meet so many people who are not living their dream life and Often um, people uh, are inspired or are influenced by their parents or their peers or their schools or their teachers. And sometimes they are so clever that they get into these amazing schools and do these amazing um, degrees. And, and then I realize after a while that this is not their dream. And um, mm. I like to inspire people to ask themselves you know, a handful of questions. And one is, what would you do if you couldn't fail? that often gets us into, you know, when we set goals, we often look at, okay, well, next 12 months or three years or whatever it is, we look at what is, what can I do? And then you often look at where your reality is, like where am I today? And then you stretch yourself for 12 months or three years or whatever it is. But when you remove that and you just say, well, if I could live, if I could do anything in life, like what would I do if I couldn't fail? What would I do if I had all the money that I needed? because often money restricts us, especially if you're you know, a student or like, how can I possibly even think about goals when I don't even have money to kind of pay for rent and food. So money often restricts us. So if I couldn't, what would I do if I couldn't fail, if I had all the money I needed, if I had all the resources and the knowledge and the energy, what would I do with my life? And when I ask myself that question, it gets me out thinking big and really what I value versus, you know, someone, you know, because sometimes if you have an education, you think, well, I, you know, I spent eight years in, you know, studying medicine or whatever. It's hard to even think, but if you couldn't fail and if you had all the money and the resources and the knowledge and the energy, what would you do with your life? And that is when I feel like people are starting to really do what they, it's right for them. And, um, and or dream big and then um, and then obviously from there you need to kind of break that down and that's all part of my book how to do that but um, um, break it down and make it happen of course obviously you just don't want you you want to not just dream you wanted to make it happen do. of course as well talk to us about the book recently mm -hmm. written now now on sale talk to yeah, us about the book well, it's well, very exciting so, yeah so so reason you know it, it came up um, I was just telling someone the story before the so I do a lot of talks um, um, about you know starting my business, but also about dreaming, and and I always have a handful of people coming after saying, hey, what's the next step? What you know, what what, what can I do? And we do a lot of uh, amazing products at Kiki K, but it was not one product that I could say, let's just get that and get sort you out. Um, so I thought if I could put all my little tools mm. and tricks on how I live my dream life, and when I say dream life, my life is far away from perfect like you know dream life is if you set yourself 
big dreams, it's, cha it's challenging. So it's not like I'm just living my perfect life and I'm happy every day. So, you know, I believe in the 50-50, like, mm. you know, you have to have the positive and the negatives the in life. Yeah. Um, but um, so the book is, um, is really about um, um, uh, encourage people to, to dream and, um, and then make them happen. And um, I've, um, I have this big crazy dream to sell a million copies. And the reason why I want to do that is because I, uh, we are giving a US dollar to Dr. Tara Trent. And she's Oprah Winfrey's all-time favorite guest. Can you imagine? Wow. She, she interviewed um, quite a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I think 35,000 people or something crazy wow. like that. And she's her favorite guest. And um, when I heard about her, um, she she grew up in Zimbabwe where it was a terrible culture where she was married away as a, as a child, had, I don't know, five kids by 18. So, you know, a very, very um, different way um, that compared to us. Mm. And uh, there was an American woman who came to her um, village and she asked, what are your dreams? And Tara, of course, she she was all about survival, you know, about food, uh, survival. She was abused every day and um, she couldn't even think about dreaming. But this um, American woman was really persistent saying, what are your dreams? So she had this dream to make a very long story short. It's in the book, but um, uh, uh, she basically had a, a dream to, to eventually move to America, get a PhD and then eventually go back to her village and, and build schools. She made it all happen, wow. incredible, like unbelievable. Her story mm. is just so amazing. And um, and now she has, by help of Oprah, uh, started 11 schools wow. in um, Zimbabwe. And I want to help that because I feel like her story resonates with me because I started with a dream and we are both very passionate about dreaming. And so she's written a beautiful book um, called The Awakened Woman. And, um, and uh, uh, I want to sell a million copies, which I have no idea how I'm going to do it. We are, I think we sold 40,000 so far, so um, very far wow. away. <laughs> 40, still, 40,000 yeah. is a... Absolutely, but you wow. know, it's far away from the million, so I'm going to work on that. <laughs> yeah. But um, to, to give her a million dollar will be so amazing to sustain yeah. her schools, because yes. obviously she built them, but you know, it's one thing to build them and then sustain them is a different thing. So yeah. um, that's what I wanted to do. And I really am passionate about the education and learning and, and giving the right um, resources for everyone in the world. So that's your dream life starts here. Yeah. It's available everywhere or well, anywhere worth going is stocking your book. Yeah. Good. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's be. through our stores and obviously online and uh, through um, um, all the bookstores as well. Great, yeah. great. Couple of questions from Instagram. Uh, Anna Nguyen, what would you like to do more of during your spare time? So I'm a big reader. So my ideal day is just uh, very quietly reading books. I get super excited. I get deliveries of books all the time and I get so excited reading. Uh, I love spending time with my family. I love uh, cookbooks. I don't cook so much from them, but I love the looking at them. <laughs> I do cook as well. Just give them to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it works that way, but I, I get inspired by them for many different reasons. And then I love traveling and um, exploring and um, making the most um, of, um, of, the, of the life that I have been given. Yep. So um, always love to learn new things. I love to go and see people speak. I love to listen to podcasts and, and um, learning is uh, something that it's, I'm very passionate about. Mm. Kiana Megalaki asks, how did you overcome fear and stop yourself from giving up? Um, a few ways. I, um, 
I've never really had the fear, but I have often had doubts. Um, when you convince your partner, Paul, um, to sell his house, mm. there is no such thing as giving up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like, um, you know, um, doing that. Mm. Uh, and I also think that um, my journaling, uh, when I had self-doubt and I had, uh, f you know, f I, did, I, did, I don't feel like I ever had fears in, in that way, but self-doubt for sure. and. Uh, ways of giving up i the journaling i think helped me a lot because it was kind of getting it out of my system and um, working on it and i also um, have worked on um, have worked with mentors i i am certainly not an expert in anything that i am doing so i always have coffees i always listen to podcasts reading coming up with new ideas so and obviously creating a new um, an amazing team um, you know it's nowhere i would be where i am today without the team so that has helped as well. Super cool. Let's do some quick questions to finish off. What's yep. a popular piece of personal development advice that you do not agree with? Oh. I don't believe in happiness all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I believe in a positive mindset, but mm. I also believe that it is 50-50. So if there's a negative, there's always a positive. If there's a positive, there's always a negative. Mm. And it kind of helps me being a more positive frame of mind knowing that yes. um, and how to deal with that. But I really truly believe that you have to have a negative for, for a positive and the other way around. So I don't believe in you know being a happy person all the time. Yeah. What's a question you wish more people would ask you? Um, hmm, good question. Um, I would, <laughs> I would probably, uh, I would want more questions to ask me how I dream because then I would encourage them to dream because mm. I think that is such a good way of starting because some people feel stuck where they are, but if they remove their reality and actually dream, I think that could help them. So mm. I wish people asked me more about dreaming, then I could tell them how to do it. Mm. We spoke about your journaling in the morning. Aside from that, what habit have you developed that's had the biggest impact on your life? always ask who rather than what. So if you have a new idea, don't think so much about the what, mm. who has done it before, who can you speak to, who can help you. I reckon that is amazing. And one more, can I? Please. <laughs> don't say no, say how. Doesn't mm. mean you say yes to everything, mm. but if you really want to make something happen, mm. there is always a way. Mm. And it does not always, uh, sometimes you have to go through some no's and some, you know, different ways of doing things, mm. but it's always a way, if you really want to do it. Mm. My second last question is a question that I always, it's my favorite question to ask. I, I don't think I've ever asked it on the podcast before because I just don't think most people would get it. Mm. But I think you will, Christina, <laughs> so prove me right. Let me see. What's one thing you know about yourself that you'll discover in a year from now? That I think, <laughs> I think that I can get good at podcasting. Yes. So um, I have my own podcast. I never felt anxiety about anything I've done in my business until I had to do my own podcast. Wow. And you know, it's so, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it's so funny because it. I get interviewed like this all the time. I have no problem. Like I just, you know, it's, yeah. you know I have the answers because it's, it's authentic, it's me asking other people, so I'm gonna have you on my podcast. Yeah. You will see then what, <laughs> what I mean. It's, it's almost like I don't know 
how to do it. And it's funny because I'm so scattered and so excited. And I, when you, when I interview you, you will say so many things, and I'll be taking notes and be excited, and you know, forget what what you actually answered. Yes. Yes. So, I think that in one year time, I will discover that I could potentially get yes. good at podcasting. I get it. I totally get it. You know why? I started the show Entrepreneurs yeah. uh, two years ago. So I started as, as the host and I, I've been doing this in this format forever yeah. for as long as I, you know. Which I admire because that's so much, it's not my thing. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I, like to, I like to take away the cameras. And yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And so the, 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 that skill set certainly translated, but on TV I had scripts because you have to be like second yeah. perfect because yeah. the timings are so precise. Yeah. You've got three or four cameras, you've got an executive producer in your ear, you've got an auto cue that you're controlling with your foot and you've got three or four guests on the panel. I couldn't do that. And so I was like a fish out of water. But that whole thing of, I would ask questions and like this is season one, I would ask questions and I wouldn't even hear the answer because all I would be thinking about is trying to understand the person in my ear and thinking about the next question and what, what camera am I looking at? And I was just so far out of my element. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, that's how I feel with podcasting. I think you'll get good quick. Thank you. I'm going to work <laughs> on it. And you know, it's funny how I, 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 I used to almost feel sick thinking about doing it. Wow. And, I, and now I feel like, and I, I think I've worked out that if I do it in person, so I do some on over just uh, internet, yep. because they are often in the other side of, on the other side of the world. Yeah. But, um, but doing it, you know, in person is much better. So, yeah. and there's also, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, but I'm certainly far away from good, but in one year time, yes, I think I'm going to say I'm going to be great. If we went back to the day you started Kiki K, <coughs> uh, knowing what you know now, what's the number one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Dream big. Mm. You know, I could never have, even though I did dream big, it's one thing to dream it, but it's one thing to believe it. But really dreaming because because when you dream big when you start you you think it's big but you catch up that really quickly so you know now you know I had a I had a dream to to be global and opening my favorite cities and you know um, um, have something Kiki K in every stylish life was like my big uh, or our big um, dream but it's kind of um, you 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 believe it but you and you dream it but it's kind of it's hard to believe it, but I encourage everyone to really dream. Like, what would you do if you couldn't fail? If you had mm. all the money, resources, knowledge, and the energy, what would you actually do with your life? Mm. And really put that on paper mm. and then work out how to do it. For those that have been watching, listening to this interview, where do they best follow you? So I, I'm on Instagram now. Yes. <laughs> so Christina uh, Kiki K, and obviously Kiki K as well. And yep. um, and uh, my podcast, Call Your Dream Life, starts here. Yes. Call Your Dream Life, actually, by Christina Carlson. Yes. And get the book. Get the book. Yeah, absolutely, the book. I think the book, um, if people really do, it's one thing to consume. I'm very good at consuming. It's mm. one thing to do the work, but you should actually do all the work in that book. Yeah. It could be completely um, life transforming. Yes. So. This conversation has been life transforming for me, for my oh. team who are behind the camera and for everybody that's been listening and watching. Mariah, your diary is getting signed. Get excited. <laughs> Christina Carlson, thank you for coming in. I am not going to shake your hand. Can I please give you a hug for of everything course, you've done? Of course, of course. And thank you, for all, you. for all that Mwah. you do.
Thank you. And for having me. I'm yes. really, uh, I'm really, truly grateful to have the opportunity to speak to you. So thank you. Come back soon. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll. Thanks, team. See you soon. As entrepreneurs, we see the world differently. In a world that not only tolerates but promotes mediocrity, we unreasonably demand more. Giving you access to the world's most successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders, this podcast uncovers the untold truths of what it really takes to build a multi-million dollar business while optimizing your personal performance in every area of your life. I'm Jack DeLosa. Let's get to work. Yeah.